when just when she starts talking about sex later on. Farad, you haven't met before, you guys. No, this is the first God, time we've I mean, met. I'm really looking forward to this because I know know that Fleur isn't a big fan of talking about genitals and sexual intercourse. You can can see her. I can't believe you said that already. It's like two minutes in. (laughs) Fuck us. Hello. Welcome to the Real Work Podcast with me, Fleur Emery. Unedited conversations with women who are changing up the world of work. Extraordinary women who are founders, thought leaders or trailblazers. Here to inspire and inform your idea of what's possible for you. How do we even introduce this one? Oh, I don't know. She was brilliant. (laughs) So Farah Kabir is someone who started off in banking and ended up uptailing the world of barrier contraception <laughs> as it used to be known when i was at school the um she's the kind of she's how do you even describe her help me out she was quite cool as a cucumber like she she was kind of downplaying how awesome I know. she and is and then when she I talks felt. about actually the turnover and the amount of retailers that their product is in it's incredibly impressive isn't she she's very relaxed yeah, about it really yeah. impressive so they've um, founded a, and bootstrapped a business which is selling condoms and lubricant. <laughs> Still in well done. So embarrassing well to say done. That. that was really mm, good. Lubricant. <clears throat> she sells lubricant. <clears throat> Let me try again. We have to edit it. <clears throat> she sells female facing. Was it? What was her expression that they use? Um, um, when it's like f- female, female centered. Um, condoms, lubricants and products that are going to go across the whole yeah, the whole journey the whole the whole of a woman's it's a terrible introduction this is a terrible introduction it's really bad I mean we say oh it's so unscripted but really we're asking a lot of the listener being that rubbish aren't we there's too much to ask Buckers Surely we can prepare something better than that. It was going well until you got funny about saying lubricant. I'm not going to say it again. Don't make me say it again. <laughs> Do your choppy magic and see if you can put put an introduction together from that. There's there's no one like Farah. She's got a fantastic business and here she is. <laughs> Should we start with an, a parental warning or something? Because loads of people I know listen to it with their kid. We will mention that this conversation is not going to be suitable for children, probably. Maybe. Well, it depends it? how old they are. I mean, it never has when I've spoken to you before. <laughs> never has. With Buckers on board, it's not going to be. <laughs> I will not be tamed. With her millennial approach, with her millennial approach to describing sex acts without any run-up. Am I a millennial? I don't. I don't think I'm a millennial, Fleur. Are you sure? How old do you have to be to be millennial? You've got to be born eighty-nine um, or below. Oh, I'm. I've just missed out. Nineteen ninety. Oh my God! You're a Gen Z. Does that Z. make you a millennial? No, you're a Gen Z. Was oh, that good? So, <laughs> <laughs> so Buckers, Buckers meet Farah, Farah meet Buckers. Lovely to meet you. And this, 
this this podcast is about women working and earning on their own terms. And Mm -hmm. Farah, you started your career in a place where you can't really work on your own terms. You have to fit into systems and you get remunerated with Cashela. You're in the city of London. How did you end up there? Um, So I have Asian parents who clearly wanted me to be a doctor or a dentist. And that didn't quite go to plan. So I knew I had to be somewhere where my earning potential was good. Um, I'm sort of checking a tick box of my parents, so to speak. So I actually was on track to sort of study medicine and did my A-levels. And then as soon as we got to second year of A-levels, I had a panic. And I was like, I can't do biology, I can't do chemistry. And it was just a quick moment. When they brought the mouse out, the mouse out, the, the ox's eyeball <laughs> for you to dissect. And you suddenly realise, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, it's not for me one bit. And so it was a very flippant switch up when I was choosing my university courses. And I chose finance, economics, anything around business. Um, but really, I didn't even want to do that. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just didn't want to do medicine. Um, so then I went to university, I studied finance didn't really like I mean I didn't mind it but I barely turned up it was just the university was just what were you doing instead at uni well I used to actually work for Red Bull so I don't know if you've seen those little minis with the cans on the back (laughs) so I actually spent most of my time earning money doing Red Bull than I did going to university Drinking Red Bull, driving around in a can of Red Bull honestly, and showing up to as as little as few lectures as possible. Honestly, there were so many perks to that job. It was brilliant. Um, were camera phones invented then? Yeah, yeah. How long ago was it? I mean, you may sound like a really Luckily, old. when I was... At, no, no, for me, because you see, the, the big di- I think the big divider between that stuff is that they weren't invented when I was at university. And so it's just a mercy because... I'm really glad that stuff's not knocking about. It was it got ugly back then in the nineties. Yeah. So um is I'd love to see um let's get the receipts on the um the Red Bull car. I'd like to see I'll you. I'll send that. you a wee little picture after this. Um <laughs> so, then I, so then I just didn't you know, I just plodded along with the university, came out of university and was like, right, I'd better get a job. Still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um but I had to sort of I wanted to please my dad. But your family are entrepreneurial. Yeah, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so all my siblings are entrepreneurial. I'm I'm the youngest of four, and um, I just never really knew what I wanted to do, whereas I think my... And the only girl? Uh, there's two girls, actually. There's my sister, girls, who's okay, the eldest. She's probably the most entrepreneurial, and then it slowly passed down, but all my siblings knew exactly what they wanted to do, and then their side hustles, whereas I was like what do I do? Um, so I got a job up north um, at an insurance firm just on a grad scheme in finance. Again, didn't really enjoy it. And I remember really distinctively uh, a woman who was on my team said to me, you don't belong here. You belong in like London and like, you know, a big firm and you, you belong in something fun. You don't belong here. I was like, ah. Oh. And my parents were like, what the hell are you doing with your life? You now don't have a job. You don't know what you're doing. Um, and so I applied. Did they just come out and say that? Like, what does that look like when your mum says that? My mum says it with um, a look that turns your blood to ice, but not with actual words. Does she say it out loud? She just got stuck in. What does that look like when your mum says that? It was worry in her eyes and that made me worry. Like she just looked really worried for me. Um, I was like, it's fine, it's fine. And then I 
applied to a number of jobs in London, varying because I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had a job offer from Chanel, at another bank. And I remember telling my mum that I was having interviews. And she thought... She's relieved by now. Well, no, she she assumed I was going to be like a cashier at Halifax. She was like, Golden Sachs. That's an interesting name. I was like, no, mum, Goldman Sachs. <laughs> she didn't really get it until, <laughs> until I told her. Like, she just wants to run that name past a few friends. Then they'll bring her up to speed. <laughs> well, thank I mean, my, my other brother's in finance. So when he explained to her, she's like, oh, Oh, that's nice. Something oh. that she'd probably feel proud about. Are you her, you're her little one. I'm the youngest. Um, and she probably thought this is going to look great on her, like, marriage CV, you know, works for a bank. <laughs> so, so, yeah, <laughs> off I went. <laughs> into finance. And honestly, like, to say that I didn't know what I wanted to do, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, like-minded people, intellectually challenging, quite a flat con- culture, all things considered. But I still felt like something was missing. I never wanted to work. This isn't the narrative, you know that. You're supposed to say I was really unhappy there. It was like the patriarchy. Oh, no. It was male-dominated. I just couldn't fit in there, and I just had to do my own thing, and that's why I became a female entrepreneur. Well, there you go, I'm telling you the truth. Re-edit that, Buckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually really enjoyed it, but um, they always made you think outside the box. And uh, you know my family are very entrepreneurial, so every Christmas it would be like, so what's your what's your idea, Farrell? Like, have you seen this property, or what about this commercial deal? And every year I've just not been interested because I probably was too scared to do my own thing I didn't really know what I wanted to do um uh, every Christmas in the in the Christmas holidays most occasions when we're all together your family's a Muslim yeah yeah so and at the Christmas holidays are there special days I'm just curious about it in the holidays are there like special days when you sit around or is it like because we kind of have a a Sunday lunch-ish Do you have like family meals? Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine what it's like I mean, around your place. It's the only time that all the kids are together. So like, despite it not being a, a holiday that we generally celebrate, we're all together. So we do have a big dinner and it is quite nice. It's nice for the niece and nephews like to, you know, celebrate parts. Go of bananas. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I guess that that's how I got into the previous role. But do you want me to elaborate on how I got into... Hanks or that's why I'm leading up to it and that's why I just mentioned the religious observation of your parents because it adds a little bit of frisson to what's coming next <laughs> you're all sat around the table so you've gone from like giving your mum a little bit of a headache to um, towing the line and being happy and and generating some money in a really respectable job that increases your point score on the um on the marriage um CV and then at lunch what happened surprise (laughs) to this this, uh, family dinner I had spotted a gap in the market so effectively (laughs) um, condoms were targeted at men and they still are and they're garishly packaged and they promote a man's conquest and they're just really terrible like terrible ingredients and as a woman, you're baffled by the choice. And most women are on contraceptives, hormonal contraceptives, and the side effects are terrible. You know, weight gain, mood swings, skin changes, etc. So, we, so me and my friends spotted a gap in the market. So I was like, this is crazy. Spoke to my friend Sarah, who I grew up with up north, um, and she's a gynecology doctor. And we just had this moment where we were like, we need to 
create condoms with women in mind. Um, and we didn't see anyone doing it in Europe. So we're like, we are on something, but hold on a minute. I'm in a conservative Muslim family. I can't just roll in there and be like, I'm going to launch Johnny's. I need to have a, a legitimate, Johnny's. I need to have a backup plan here. I need to have a case study. I need to have a paper. These are entrepreneurial people. Um, I need to back it up with stats. So Sarah and I actually surveyed 2,000 women to find out what they wanted in a condom and what was stopping them from buying our product. And the output was Hanks, which is our brand. So women care about what they put in and on their bodies, just like they do with skincare. Um, they, they want transparency in the ingredients. So we have no nasty chemicals that you, you just don't need in condoms. They're ultra thin. We don't use any animal byproducts. So ours are vegan. Um, we're sustainable. So we only use fair traded latex and supplies generally across our products. Um, and... Our packaging is chic, so it's not in your face, nor is it pink and floral and girly. It just fits in quite nicely with beauty standard cues. So once we had this survey, we knew we were on to something and we knew that we needed a gap. <laughs> you needed a survey, firstly, for all the usual entrepreneurial reasons <laughs> to test your market and to, and to measure the opportunity. And also to avoid the questions at lunch when you say, I think there's a gap in the market for condoms aimed at women. And the next question would be, how do you know? Exactly. <laughs> and then you'd have to say, well, <laughs> just just spin out this four-page PowerPoint presentation at dinner. Um, You've got an answer at least instead of saying, "Well, I've I've had sex, mum, so in front of all your brothers." Well, so my mum is quite the feminist. Like, you know, I think she's faced a lot of challenges being in a, you know, when she came over here in the seventies, there weren't many Asian people where we were raised, and so there's a small. Asian, where did she come from? Uh, Bangladesh. Um, and she came in the 70s yeah couldn't really speak a word of English at the time incredible woman um, and very small Asian community uh, where we were probably harnessing all the culture and traditions that they had back there where they came from whether it was yeah, Bangladesh yeah. India Pakistan so being completely frank you were frowned upon if you were a woman wearing trousers or, or had a job or riding a bike and she did all of that with four kids um had like three jobs you know did it all and was shamed to an extent in the community so she she's probably where I get a lot of my um characteristics from and, and the way she is um she's very much an equalist so obviously I and I'm very close to her so I started yeah, I started just seeding little bits of information about Hank you know, oh I had this idea oh what about this and eventually she got it very quickly she got it she said well you're serving female health like that's the way I see it. You're you're serving female health. Doesn't matter what, what an amazing mom. What culture, religion you are, it is women's health. So um she understood it, but she it was that dinner that I had to tell everyone. So I'm like, oh Farah, what are you doing? What are you up to? <laughs> and yeah, the reactions were crazy. So like I've got two older brothers who um are my protectors. They're a bit like Will and Carlton out of Fresh Prince of Bella. So like what is thinking? You're the ones really protective. Like if I if, if anyone at school was talking to me that was a boy, he would put his arms around them and be like, What are you doing talk to my sister? So you can imagine the dynamic when I say I'm launching condoms. Um so they were shocked. Um they didn't really get it. And I think it was such an outrageous idea that they thought it was probably safer to stay in my current job and 
they I mean it really was of course it yeah. was but that's not that wasn't what was at stake you know you had yeah. a so it, you, that job couldn't be safer well exactly you know that well that you, you know if you have you know you go in at that level in a you know a firm like that that's not going anywhere that's one of the best players you left such security so because so that's not really the conversation is it at that point it's like your your passion for, yeah. for doing it it's like that moment isn't it yeah when but... when you spoke to your co-founder and said let's well yeah and i think you know she's a gynecology doctor as well so it was equally as as difficult for sarah to leave you know five years and five years plus of training um but i think one thing i'm not very good at is hearing no so if someone says to me you know it's not <laughs> going to do well or don't do it it honestly just gives me fire in my belly to prove wrong and that includes my family um and we've got so much riding on it you know to come out with something like that with you know with my family i don't want to you know affect their relationships in the community or anything so i need to really make it work if i'm going to do something i need to really really make it work um so yeah it just gave me fuel and you know sarah and i got on our way and and did it and actually it's quite nice because you know, year on from when we launched or had the product, it, it was Christmas again. And so I'd be like, well, actually, we've got the physical product and, you know, we've launched. In a year, that's really fast, isn't it? Well, yeah, just a little bit longer, but yeah, ish. And then, um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's been a crazy journey. I'm so lucky. I've got super supportive family and friends, um, you know, and they're very, my family have been a real force behind what I do. Like, even if they didn't get on board with Hanks, just the very person that I've become and my traits and how driven I am comes from my family. Uh, so I have them to thank. The, um, that's really nice. I mean, in, in a way, the risk that you're taking, I always say to people when they say, Oh, you know, it might not work. I, I always say, well, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Yeah. You know, just because you don't get to an exit, it doesn't, even if you don't get to an exit with Hanks, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully it'll just go exactly to plan. You're doing a great job. Even if it doesn't get to some big exit and just switch on a life changing amount of money. And it's, you've just changed. You've, you change the category. You've mm. changed the narrative around barrier contraception. You just, you just completely got the monopoly board where all the men were playing sex monopoly, and you just thrown it up in the end. Say it's going to be different. It's going to, you know, and that's what I really admire about the project. It's, Thanks. it's truly disruptive. It's just changed all of that conversation. Um. Buying condoms is still embarrassing. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous that it still is. It's it's. Tell us, tell us about your pinch point. Tell us about when you um you were confronted with the reality of how in the modern world, as a grown woman, it's still embarrassing to buy yeah. condoms. It is super embarrassing. So, uh, where my office was a couple of doors down was a well-known pharmacy chain, and I popped out on my lunch break. Bear in mind that I had actually been put on the contraceptive pill because um, of really bad periods. So, like, actually, it wasn't even contraceptive at all. But equally, I've been on on these sorts of hormonal contraceptives before, and I am a nutcase on them. It is verified, and it's quite funny because in my French, Sarah is a very good friend of mine. You know, like I said, we've known each other from childhood, and we've got a close friendship group. It's so funny as as we've grown up, how we've all talked about different contraceptive pills, and one's like, "Oh, well, this is great for my skin," and and all of this. And 
Sarah went, Sarah got the coil once. And she was like, yeah, it was amazing. Like I, I ran there and I ran back and I was like, oh, well, that's amazing. I'll, I'll just get it. Got it. This was like years ago. Complete opposite reaction to her. Like cramps every day, feeling awful, feeling sluggish. So it just goes to show, you know, just because your mates take the same pill doesn't mean they all have the same reaction. Um, so anyway, condoms are the only option at the time. So I popped down to the boots on my lunch break picked up the first pack I could find, closely followed by a Boots meal deal, possibly some deodorants, anything that would cover this pack that was in my hand. Um, got in the queue and lo and behold, my boss was behind me. Um, oh. And it was slightly awkward. I'm pretty sure he saw this red pack. And obviously we didn't say anything about it, but I'm pretty sure he was thinking, who is she getting up to hangy bangy with on a lunch break? Like, What plans does she have with that prawn mayo sandwich and those condoms and (laughs) whatever else I had there? Uh, So, yeah, it was was quite embarrassing. And and it was that point that I... It's still embarrassing, isn't it? It's just, it's terrible how, like, even... It's so much of it, you know, talking about um, one of the things that Hanks does so differently is that it looks like, you know, look, the packaging's beautiful. So much of it is the messaging on the packet, isn't it? You know, like... um, sensation sizzle you know trojan all this it's just right. horrendous it's embarrassing to say the words it's just Honestly. like it's just grim it's so grim and when you really dissect the market i mean i was not a connoisseur in latex or condoms prior to joining this company so you know we we were learning ourselves like a lot of condoms on the market have anesthetics in them and that makes a man last longer like everything today has been designed with a man's pleasure in mind. No part of it has been designed with a woman in mind. We've just not been a thought or a consideration. Yet we know that over 40% of purchases of condoms are made by women. So that's only half the buyers that have just never been spoken to. Um, and it's crazy that it hasn't happened today. And, you know, it, it took a long time for us to even sit on shelf next to those big boys um but the irony is you know like even when we spoke to buyers and they're like oh it doesn't really you know it's white so it doesn't really stand out well the irony is it it completely stands out because if you sit us on shelf next to all the garishly packaged products in black you know red blue with all these terrible names like trojan or johnny big boy um we do stand out is there one called that i think there's a johnny big boy there's a billy boy there's johnny big boy there's the, you're right, there's like sensation, pleasure, max. And honestly, if, if I listed the words, you'd probably bath. Hello, it's producer Buckers here coming to you in post-production. I just wanted to clear up some of these names for you, some, uh, some condom confirmation, if you will. There is indeed a condom called The Big Boy by the brand Johnny's Sex Toys. So we could definitely refer to those as the Johnny Big Boys. And if that doesn't do it for you, there's also the Mega Big Boy from another brand called Beyond Seven. And if you really want to get your hands on a pack of these, they're available from the seductively named Condom Depot. Or, you know, you could just click the link in the show notes and buy some really beautifully branded condoms from Hanks. End of infomercial. Back to the podcast now. And so um, you identified this gap in the market, you jumped ship and went all in with your um, friend and co-founder who 
bolted on all this fantastic, you know, medical know-how. Mm. How did you um, how did you fund how did you fund that first year? Because that's an expensive product to, to spec and to get made, right? Yeah, so it was, and it was quite difficult because we were still speaking to investors, all, all sizes and shapes, you know, VCs and angels, but we were just idea stage to them. And it was still pretty risky at the time. Oh, you know? it's so hard at that. When they say to yeah. you, hi, it's amazing. You have a great idea, but it's only an idea, not a business. It's not worth anything. It's like, oh, yeah. change the record, change the record. It's so, it's so tough. Um, so we actually self-funded. So like I said, literally life-saving spent on Johnny's. <laughs> like, and um, how do they make them? Like where are they made? Um, so we're manufactured in Germany. Um, and... A lot of the latex is actually sourced in Malaysia, and um, that's just one of the, where one of the plantations are. And then it's is latex cool. rubber. Like, does it drip out of a tree? Um, they come. They're extracted in various forms, but yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's a part. It's a tree. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a part. Yeah. It's a natural product, isn't it? It's not a plastic. Exactly. Okay. And um, so you're working in Germany, and you got. When did you get? Um, there's a magic moment. Like the. I always think that. Um, with products, with with products like this, you have mm. so much more risk at stake personally because you have to, you know, make something that could work or not work, fail or not fail, sell or not sell. But the fun when you do your first production run mm. and you get the boxes through and you can see in your hands something that you've imagined and made. There's nothing like it, is it? That, no, do it, you remember it, that moment when you did the first production run? absolutely incredible and, and i mean the first production run for us was huge moqs so we couldn't was afford that? to get it wrong yeah um so I, scary. I actually remember it being two weeks late which was quite frustrating so i think by the time i got it i was relieved uh, but there's a lot of frustration beforehand i mean it's such a nice feeling like our, yeah. i'll never the, the real pinch moment for me wasn't actually just receiving the product it was actually getting customer feedback that's the bit where you're like, oh my God, I'm, yeah. I've created a product that people like. And that never gets tired, Farah. Like you'll have no. that. That's kind of, that's one of the rewards that you get for just taking taking on a project which has so much risk built in that it's, yeah. you're genuinely solving a problem and that you, you will get, you'll feel the love. You get yeah. that in, all the way yeah. along. It's such a nice feeling. And we get so many lovely comments from customers, like men and women, men saying, like, I've got brownie points from my girlfriend. Like, it's so nice to have something sustainable, something that's vegan, something that's compostable even. And you get women saying, look, I've had so many struggles with irritations um, in your product. Because we do, we try and make them as natural as possible, including our lubricant. Um, but they're all gyny back. So we'll never... We're not going to sell you a vaginal wash because it smells great. Like we just, if, if we know it's bad for your body, like everything has a sort of gyny hat on. And so we get really lovely messages from customers. And that honestly is just, you know, even if you're having a terrible day, just reading one of those is like, gosh, like, you know, it's nice. If we can at least make one customer happy, that's, that's my job done. As a founder of a product like this, does that mean now that you're, you're drawn into conversations in the public domain covering lots of, you know, there's a lot of issues that this raises, right? This business, mm. it challenges a lot of issues regarding um, how we develop products. You know, even like crash test dummies in cars, are cars safer mm. for men or women, all of that stuff. It kind of uncovers, your, 
a, a lot of conversations, doesn't it? Are you? Does that mean that you're suddenly, you know, asked to talk about things like that? Yeah, I mean, we do get a lot of journalists reach out um, for comments. Generally speaking, if they're more medically backed, it's Sarah that takes them. If they're conversation yeah. piece, we both will. If there's more finance. I mean, there's a lot going on at the minute. We've always been consumer focused. Everything we've done, like even our very first survey, that's how we built our first product. Our subsequent products, all based on our consumers. Like they're really engaged uh, community and they respond like our, you know, for example, one of our surveys, like over 8,000 people responded. Like well, who has time to write us yeah, like that? Yeah, that just, yeah that's we know how much they care about it. Yeah, We've got a really engaged audience. That everything sort of is, is purpose-driven and, and driven from consumers. And that's what's, you know, even the products we have now beyond the lubricant, the, the Hanks Fix proposition, which is uh, vaginal health treatments delivered to a door. Again, all led by consumers. So this is your third. You've got condoms and lubricant. And yeah. this is, tell us about this third thing that you're yeah. building. So ultimately, we've always said we want to build products all the way from your first time having sex to your first child and beyond. So it's a really nice narrative around uh, female yeah, health. Yeah, so we want to build yeah. products and services. So there's two angles to that. We've got our community, which I've just spoken about, who are lovely, like really engaged audience and we're really receptive to good and bad feedback. Um, and we harness them um, through our platform called Hanks Life. It's a bit like mum's net, but without your mum. So you can go and ask for advice or, or recommendations, anything around sex, relationships, anything. And what's really lovely is that um, there's a you know the consumers answer the questions of other consumers. It's really nice, like yeah. So it's democratic. People share yeah. their experience, and it's it's so lovely. That's really so, like a women's circle. That's really nice. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, and, and then the other piece is Hank's fix. So we've got the Fields products, which is condoms, lubricants, stuff for the bedroom. But um, what we wanted to offer is convenience to our consumers for any other awkward purchases they have to make. So we've launched an over-the-counter and prescription service on hanks.co.uk. So what you can do is, you know, you can buy your thrush treatment, BV, cystitis treatment, all on our website, and we'll deliver it next day. Um, you know, we're not glossing over the realities of being a woman. A woman. We want to be real and relatable. Um, so we're, we're bringing you the products that you still might feel a bit uncomfortable purchasing uh, in front of people. It sounds so lovely. I'm really excited about it. Thank you. So you're not still self-funded. You've made um, some sales. Let's talk about where we can buy them apart from online. Yeah, so you can buy them online, but you can also buy them in major grocery stores. We're in Sainsbury's. Um, Great, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. That was a huge feat It's a big one, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're in Boots across UK and Ireland. And we're in a number of other retailers such as Superdrug, Holland and Barrett. Uh, we're launching Oliver Bonus next week. Um, so a range of lifestyle brands as well. We're also Nasty Gal, Feel Unique. We want to be everywhere. What's women Nasty Gal? Their everyday purchases. <laughs> What's Nasty Gal? Nasty Buckets Gal is a, it's a, it's, girl, Nasty it's a Girl. Retailer. Nasty Gal. Nasty Not Gal. Me. Nasty girl. No, no, gal. Are you, are you, Nasty. One more time. Are you are you a um a customer of Nasty Girl? <laughs> but Buckers is definitely a nasty gal, I can see it. <laughs> do you know how many jumpsuits? Just going off topic slightly, do you know how many jumpsuits Buckers has got? How Ooh. many is is like how many is too many? I guess about seven. <laughs> 
I have a slight problem. I've got 47 jumpsuits. Oh my goodness. Is that 40 too many? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's quite a lot of styles. I, I thought jumpsuits just had a, a couple of styles. Yeah, well, there's all the different colours as well, Farah. I have a jumpsuit for all occasions. Oh, I love it. And some of them, some of them may have may have once come from a nasty gal. Well, there you go. Now you can purchase your jumpsuits with, with your dungarees or your onesies. <laughs> I think that's enough to um, get researchers from some kind of ITV2 show interested in you, you know, like compulsive hoarders. I'm sure that's, I'm sure we could get you your own spin off. Yeah, it is a problem, isn't it? It's great. <laughs> Just love them. We're off topic, we're off topic. Let's get back. Okay, fine, fine. It's completely business like then. That's a fit. Great. So, so um, now you're selling in all these um, retail multiples and um, um, trophy retail locations like Oliver Bonus. And um, so have the VCs changed their tune? Uh, do you get approaches from investors who want to all have a slice of the vegan female-led party? We, we have had a lot of interest from VCs, actually, cold calls. Yeah, and, good. And... Um emails i think for us we're i mean i won't say no to vcs i think we will need them at some point um i think we've done pretty well so far with angel investment so we've raised just under 1.3 million today um from angels over the years i mean it's it's been a long slog and i've aged massively in the process so skincare recommendations you still look about 15 it's covered don't worry it has to be the lighting (laughs) and the filters um so yeah i mean we won't say no to me see i just what's really disheartening is when we first came with the the idea pre-product it was no but come back when you've done x so when you go back with x and they're like oh but actually come back with y um, and then you go with that's Y. The, that's the dance. Then, it's, it's that's the dance of it. It's and difficult. then they're like, "Oh, we'll come back with X, Y, Z." Or you know, our thesis yeah. has changed, and that's fine. But as a small company, the amount I, I'm totally yeah, okay really with nice. no's. I love a no because I I like to try and turn it around into a yes. What I'm not okay with as a small company when you're time strapped, you're doing this full time, probably doing a couple of people's it's jobs. Time, what, yeah, time, time wasting, and yeah. you're spending an hour and a half pitching to. Uh, a VC that may not even be interested anyway, and they just need to be transparent. Yeah, and their system in that, and the system in that, I've been through that stuff, and the system always feels kind of like it always felt to me like they kind of were getting something out of the power disparity. I just felt like they were getting something. They'd say, "Oh, we'll go for lunch," and then we end up in the ivy or something like that for lunch and then someone else would come along. And I felt like sometimes, I I think sometimes you get touted around. Sometimes you get kind of shown off even before, you know, they're testing the water. There's all kinds of different things that go on there. And sometimes I feel like they know it's a no miles before they tell you it's a no. And and, and that can be really hard. And you know what, like one good thing that came out of my university degree was a course called Behavioral Finance. And I learned about herding mentality. And I feel like that totally applies. We see it's like they're waiting for one to commit before the rest of them do. Yes, 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 definitely. Um, definitely. And it's such a challenge. And, and I think also a lot of it feels like a fact-finding exercise. Like 
and yeah, I worry yeah, yeah. about and that can be really difficult and to really worry yeah, about yeah. the data that's being shared across because I've personally had a couple of negative experiences where um you know they've then got all this detailed information and they may have invested in a competitor for example I've definitely I've definitely felt that before basically Buck is that they're kind of scoping out the competition either to like tread on it or um chew it up or even sometimes to see if they measure you up in their mind and they think that you're not doing as well as you think you are. And then when the business starts to get in trouble, you know, asset stripping, Mm. you know, coming in and like buying the the IP and buying the business, or even say if you had debt in the business that you weren't managing very well, if the business goes bust and you're a novice entrepreneur and you don't have a a finance Mm. degree and you don't know that, then um, buying the debt of someone and just getting the business that way. There's all kinds of skullduggery that goes on that no one knows you. In real work, um, we've got female investors and we've got one who is extremely compelling and um, has an all-female venture capitalist firm that you know invests in women founded businesses and it's um it's great actually to be able to recommend her as a person who invests with with real women who invest real mm. money in real women because there's a lot of chit chat there's a lot of tokenism and talking i've come across in this world and i wonder if um more women move into the space like that if the culture we're describing will hopefully change i hope so but i don't, I don't think it's going to change overnight and i think women like I'm all for sisterhood but women have a part to play in this too in terms of lifting up other women what I've also seen is women getting into positions of positions of power but then just slamming the door shut with their heels did you notice that in um banking or in because I've never really come across that but I've never been in big companies I've never had that so I've always been at sort of ground grassroots level did you have you noticed that in terms of since you founded Hanks or when you're in the city a little bit of both I'd say um mm. but but not too heavy in ba- I mean like, like I said I'm probably um you know people think of banking and think that we sell ourselves the devil and that we're awful like I actually really enjoyed it and I actually really like the people that were there. It's good. It's good. Like joking aside, it's good to hear yeah, that. Yeah, like, you know, it's good to hear that because I'd rather I'd rather you were there. You know, people like you were there. <laughs> but the, but there are some good of the people, guys that I've dated. Like, <laughs> there are really good people. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, and I still stay in touch with a lot of my ex colleagues. Um, but but yeah, I, I see it. So and sell them contraception. Well. I mean, <laughs> stay in touch with them and just say if you just want to just send you a link pound off i mean i should just put them in the bathroom so now my old work um yeah i mean i do see it now with hanks and i see it across different levels i see it with um you know i see it with investors i also see it with female companies like you know there's enough space for us all to play in but play fairly and play nice don't what can we do differently when we're um only acquiring a little bit of power what do you because we all know what we want the really powerful women to do to make that situation differently like stop busting our nuts and we want to empower people women in this in that situation to behave fairly How, how do we do that just by not doing it ourselves and by modeling that behavior i think it's a two just doing it differently i think it's two way right if somebody comes to you and is like can you give me a Rolodex of angel investors and you've not really built a rapport with them or you don't really know them and they're not 
I'm not saying I want something in return, but at least to offer or be like, you know, it, it needs to be built up over time. It needs to be two way. Like if someone is relationships, is soaking, yeah, yeah. you know, it's being a sponge and soaking me, but it's like, see, yeah, have nothing. It's that, I don't know how to describe it without being blunt, but it's a two way thing. Right. And it's, it's developing a yeah. rapport and a relationship over time, not a use and abuse situation and, or a run and dump or whatever way you, where you just like, soak what you need and then disappear um so I think it's about transparency it's about spray and pray <laughs> that's another one look well, I'm, you know those, you, you know those um terms of phrase you're using spray and pray is my favorite one <laughs> spray and pray. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I mean, just like just like in marketing stuff wang it all out and just hope for the best that's like, yeah, like marketing I think like an example <laughs> of that's worked really well like um, without meaning to plug, but uh, we launched. You can plug, it's fine. <laughs> plug it. I, I, I don't want do to meaningfully do plug, but we, you know, with everything that was going on with Black Lives Matters, we launched a mentoring program last year. And I was so humbled to see the amount of people that gave up time on both sides. So we've got over 250 mentors from different industries, you know, wanting to give their time. So, like, I'm not saying, you know, we were talking about female. Uh, you know, women helping women. I'm not saying that I don't want to help. Of course, I want to help if I have the time to do so, just like these other people are in our program. Um, but even in, in general mentor-mentee relationships, it should be two-way. Even if someone is more senior than you, you know, you can still give back with your uh, advice, your opinion, even, you know, there's ways of doing it that I think sometimes people just don't have. Am I waffling now? I probably am, but... I think you get what I'm saying. And that's all right. We don't mind. We have a little bit of waffle for dessert, don't we? We, we love just, a bit of yes. waffle. You can, you can cut out all the waffle. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching on telly at the moment, Farah? Oh, I'm all out. I mean, I've, I've watched uh, Married at First Sight Australia. My God, that Martha is a bitch. Am I allowed to swear? Probably not. What? Buckers, do you know who she is? I mean, obviously, I've been watching um, just documentaries and stuff, so I can't chime in with that one. Strictly Countdown in this household. Strictly <laughs> Countdown. I mean, yeah. I love recommendations. What, what are you I think you should probably share recommendations with Farrah Buckers. I've been watching... I've... Well, I watch Catfish a lot. Oh, you should sponsor Catfish. <laughs> Catfish? Is that on Netflix? It's an MTV programme about people who um, pretend to be someone else to lure them into <laughs> sexual congress via the I internet. That is so old school. That came out like 10 years ago. Yes, he's got a very 90s look. And your point <laughs> is... It looks like it should be an NSYNC. <laughs> What's NSYNC? Oh, come on. You know, she's just playing now. She's just winding you No, up. I know it's a group, but they, it's an old one. It's an old one, right? So that's just Justin just Timberlake, Timberlake's old yeah. stomping ground. Is it, oh, yeah, I know who he is. Do you remember? He's getting cancelled at the moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, d- double denim and Britney, eh? That's what happens when you match. So, um, TV, what's... Um, How's lockdown been for business? So is everyone going at it like weasels and then buying rebuys been, on memberships? It's been such a mixed bag, to be honest. You know, obviously people can't go out uh, and date. Or I thought you were going to say obviously people can't get enough. That's what I think you're going to say. You know, I'm hoping... Obviously people can't go out. <laughs> I really don't know with lockdown. I mean, we we were prepared for the worst, and we were pleasantly surprised. Um, 
you know, we again, we also listen to our consumers. So when lockdown hit, we were like, right, what do customers want? If they're, if they're not going out and they're shagging and they don't need condoms, what do they need? Um, if they're going at it like the clowns, <laughs> what do they need? <laughs> lubricant. So we obviously have the lubricant, but, but more than that, we found that a lot of women actually couldn't get access to their GPs, their repeat prescriptions of contraceptives. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you got that idea for that third? Hormone Harmony Kit. Sort of. We launched yeah. Hormone Harmony Kit um, because we found that women, well, our consumers who possibly use the lube and not the condoms couldn't get access. And actually lockdown was a time when people tried new things, you know, like I'm going to stop dyeing my hair or start a new skincare regime because you haven't seen it anyway. So lubricant, lubricant is such a great example, such a great product for you because it, it, it stands across that whole um, remit that you've made yourself. So lubricant has been in boots as just part of sex, yeah. right? But it's not part of sex. It's yeah. something that like menopausal um, women might need, you know, or if you've had a surgery or if you're a trans woman, like, there's loads of different reasons for dryness that means you want a product and you don't want something that someone might see in the bathroom and think that you're going at it like the clappers when you're it's it's such a diverse product across all age yeah. ranges um everyone should be using lube for, for pleasure for comfort but like you said particularly pre and post menopausal uh women yeah. struggle with dryness and actually as soon as you've had a child as well you're quite dry or you might not even want to go back onto contraceptives straight away but Buckers is cringing. <laughs> Buckers is wincing. Do you know that I'm going to make her really wince? Shall I, shall I really? Shall I turn up the wince factor for you, Buckers? Oh, okay, go on. Do you know the artist um, Molly Parkin? No. Should I? So she's she's an older woman. She was a trailblazer in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, Google her. She's pretty incredible. And um, do you know she's also a writer? Do, do you know how she described her own experience of um, this condition? No. She described her vagina as dry as a moth's wing and cold as a toad. Oh, no. No, that's just too much. Now we have to test Bucket. Will that make the edit? Will that stay in? I'm going to have to give that some serious thought. (laughs) Is that going to be an audiogram? We might open with that. Farrell will refuse to, um, like... Sign that off. Yeah, you will just distance herself. Take my, take my link out of the show notes. <laughs> take it all off. It's not my voice. She, you can say anything, but you can't say that. How can you, how do you even remember that quote? Is that something you use? Like, it's fairly memorable. Oh! <laughs> oh, she burns. I'm sorry, I take it back. <laughs> The only what do I say to that? The only way I the only way I come back from that is describing my own healthy female anatomy, which um was is a okay, abundant think, abundant abundant and useful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we go yeah. down this path. It's so fun, isn't it though? Because it's like such it's just you know, it's like in a funny way, it, it just shows how much there's just I still, you know, I grew up not talking about sex and it's still like it's just i don't think it's ever going to be comfortable for me i hope it is for my kid like i'm working hard to overcome that mm. like and and yeah. and be able to talk about like describing female anatomy and stuff to my female mm. child i think like seriously yeah. it's like it's so important that in the 70s when i grew up um 
I got the message that boys had something and women didn't. So, you know, my mm. genitals were just an absence of male genitals. That there was like yeah. that you either have it or you don't have it. Yeah. And the passivity, you know, the conversations that are in the news at the moment about the passivity with regards to women's violence and how we talk about it, you know, violence against women and how it's described. Mm. Um, you know, violence mm. by men instead of violence against women. It's um yeah, because we've got to get we've got to get over this and we we really do and there's there's two amazing charities that that help with sort of reframing the conversation particularly about sex education so hank support sex expression and sex explain uh which are two charities and um they even so much just get involved with the curriculum in schools and help with demonstrations Great. um uh, and we support them you may have seen a gold penis lying around on our Instagram in the last week or so as we do demonstrations. Okay, now that's, that's the audiogram. That's the audiogram, Buckers. That's the clip for this episode. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. You I'm may have seen the gold penis flying around. Oh, no, I'm, I missed it. That's just another day at the office for me. <laughs> that's why I'm single. Oh. I just keep missing that old gold penis lying around. <laughs> Damn, it's gone again. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a game of Quidditch, <laughs> but with penis. <laughs> What's the thing? What's the thing that flies around in snitch. Quidditch? It's a snitch. <laughs> yes. it's, a it's a snitch. You may have seen the, the Hank snitch flying around. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Which charity was it that did the snitch? Like, let's really talk about them. We want people to listen. We'll put the link in the show notes. This sounds great. So, like, so there are two: sex expression, so sex expression, and yeah. sex explain. Um, they're amazing, and we're big supporters of them. Um, and what you know, what we all need to do beyond these two charities is educate the younger generation, such as your daughter Flair, sisters, nieces, uh, women around us, that sex education isn't about you know, you're going to have sex and die or you're going to have sex and get pregnant. Yeah. It's yeah. actually about pleasure. It's about relationships. It's about yes. consent. It's about all the things around that um, that reframe the, the conversation, not just for women, but for men and for different um, relationships as well. So I think, you know, it's incredible what you're doing, Fleur, in terms of speaking about the anatomy and, and doing these things from an early age so that it becomes more normal. She's five and she can tell you, she knows which part is the vulva and which part is the vagina. She's, she knows more than a lot seriously. of my friends. Yeah, seriously. Sure. Seriously. And um, she reenacts childbirth with a, with a doll. She's kind <laughs> of, she, she's down with that. She knows what's going on. I think the tricky part, seriously, the tricky part as a parent is when you get like the anatomical side is great. Like I come from a medical family, so I can kind of get on board with that. But then the actual, the part that you just described, that's the next hurdle. And I don't, don't know when parenting wise, when that kind of comes about, when you're talking about like pleasure, female pleasure and, and things like that, because that was beyond off the menu when I grew up beyond. I mean, that's I mean... still miles off the idea of actually being able to say, Oh, I had an experience and it was really enjoyable. And I really cared about the person. It was exciting. That's just not, that's just miles off. Mm. These charities sound so well needed. So, so yeah. needed. Definitely. Um, so, so I hope that helps sort of reframe things over time. I mean, it's not going to change overnight, but we've made strides. You've made strides. 
It's a huge project, and <laughs> it's um, and what happens now when at those um, at Christmas lunch when you're all together, Christmas lunch twenty twenty one, and and um, what what do you how is that now? Has have your family are they proud of you, Farah? I think so. Do you know? I mean, it's hard to tell, like sometimes, right? It's hard to tell. They're not ones yeah. to, to praise that often, like you yeah. know. If I didn't get an A star in something, it just weren't interesting. But they're not uncomfortable about. <laughs> they're not uncomfortable no. about what you're doing now. I mean, there are condoms in the car, in the family car. So you know, I'm pretty sure they're not. You know, they're not uncomfortable. Yeah. Obviously, there's a time and a place. You know, if I'm if I'm going to the mosque, I won't wear this big Hanks jumper um, to promote condoms and lubricants and dropping my mum off. Um, but no, they're they're super proud. I mean, I think. You know, my mum's just super proud that we're all happy, I guess, as well. And they're doing things that we really enjoy. And, you know, no two days are the same. And I work with my best mate. What more could you want? You know, I'm sure as a parent, that's all that That's living the dream. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of giggles. The reason I ask is that um, our guest last week on the podcast was a young woman called Mercy Shabemba, who's an HIV activist. And she was talking Mm. about um, her own diagnosis and then how she sort of moved into activism she's a very effective young activist and um, she talked about when she was 18 and she was going to a conference in South Africa HIV conference and some stuff on the way meant she she nearly turned back and her dad in Wales said to her on the phone don't turn back you have to go you've got things to say and people who need to hear it and you know yeah, from and that and that had gone from, you know. So what was at stake with her family about her being public about her diagnosis yeah. to to inform her work? It's extraordinary, yeah. like how um, women's bravery this generation can sort of change, you yeah. know, ch- change the kind of collective culture in families. So that by you overcoming that awkwardness mm. within your family. And saying, actually, this is real and it's worth doing and I'm going to do it. Mm. You know, it ch- changes. And then your your mum being proud of you, like, changes. It filters out is what I'm saying. You know, when you described your mum being shamed for riding a bike, you know, yeah. that, that the change comes about from, yeah. from these incremental steps, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you, you need to – I hope that if I've – if I've helped at least one woman from a different culture or religion, not necessarily Islam or Asian, help them feel more confident in what they want to do, then my job is done. Like I'm happy to be the sacrificial lamb and, and be, and be, you know, pissed to a tree. Like it, it, you're totally right. It's about that change. I guess the, the small challenge I always have is about balance and change with respect. And I always want to be mindful of, of, you know, my family, and yes, their yes, yes, you know, I don't want to disrespect anyone, nor do yeah. I want to put my family ever in an uncomfortable situation um, with, with any of this. And I don't think they are, but it's it's balance and respect for change. And I think you can do the two. Uh, I think sure. you are doing it. But it's interesting when you say if you've made um, a difference for one. I'm, you know, I'm a customer and yeah. I've got a bag in my um 
in my dressing, you know, my dressing table with both your products in. I'm single at the moment, so the dust is, you know, you need to blow the dust off a bit. But um, hopefully at some point it will get used after lockdown. But the difference truly is that my five-year-old who goes through my stuff, the difference is if she opens that bag and she says, oh, what are these? I'm able to tell her. Yeah. I'm a- you know, able to talk about that. Whereas if they were Jurex products, let's name the company, Sizzler yeah. Gel or something like that, I'd be, in- I'd be ashamed, be mortified. And it's just because yeah. that, that is a difference. That is a complete difference. I'm not hiding anything. Yeah, because yeah. of what you've created, and that I, I really like that change. I admire that change. I appreciate it as a customer. Thank you so much for supporting us. Honestly, it's it's people like you that has got us to where we are today. Um, you know, so thank you. Well, Buckers needs to get behind you. You need to. Um, we do. You we'll need, send to, you you need to start buying Buckers because she's a lot more young she's younger and more enticing than i am so she probably has wouldn't get covered in dust there's just <laughs> as much dust in my top drawer as there is in yours <laughs> oh no i was hoping that maybe yours had a bit more um a bit more traffic <laughs> oh well <laughs> my my um my undercarriage is less is not quite moth-like but there are moths flying out of the drawer when you open it <laughs> We'll sat out of the drawer. Okay, well, I'll go on. We'll go online now and I'll treat you to some buckets. Oh, oh, thanks, Blur. Fill your boots. No, you know, my treat. Send me your address and we'll send you a load. <laughs> <laughs> I do live with no, my well, grandmother, it's... Farah. So tell them, tell, it's all right. Tell, just you wait till lockdown's over. Tell Farrah just before we finish, before we lose her, tell Farrah Buckers about what down. happened. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we do what it? It's, what Shall I tell the story? Are, what story are you meant? Are you? The um, when your previous client sent you a care oh, yeah. package to cheer you up. Oh yeah. Um. So I oh, used to work. Um. I'm really I'm good friends with a lady called Tracy Cox, who's a um yeah a sex, sex expert yeah. and author. And I used to produce a show that she did on a radio station. And um, so we stay in touch now. And she was uh, WhatsApping me a couple of months ago asking me how I was doing in lockdown. And I just vented all of my misery at her. And she said, oh, do you need Tracy to send you a care package? Because <laughs> so, she's got a range on, um, on yeah. Love Honey. So she sent me like a little package of things. And I was just praying that it would be on the on one of the days where I see the postman first and can run out and intercept before the package oh, arrives. God. But it was on a day where I went out for a walk at lunchtime and I came back and there was a package on my desk and my grandma my grandmother was like holding up and shaking, going, Oh, I hope I hope it's something exciting. It's very heavy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And normally I would open a package straight away and be like, oh, you know, it's just a cable or, you know, it's just a new pair of headphones or something. But I was like, oh, it's just really really boring equipment. I'm, you know, I don't have time for that right now. And I'm shoving it under my jumper and running upstairs with it. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. I've still got all of the cardboard packaging from it. I can't go and put that in a recycling bin, can I? You'll have to cut it into pieces of like the size of postage stamps. (laughs) And then like on the Great Escape, when they flick the sand out past the German (laughs) guards, you can just every day sprinkle a little bit of sprinkle a few pieces of paper in the recycler. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is so funny. Yeah, I I couldn't. So yeah, I hope your packaging is discreet. 
very discreet. Don't you worry. There is no branding on the packaging. Do not worry. So Farah, this has been, um, you do a lot of podcasts, business podcasts. Do you? Do, do, do I? I don't know. I'm asking you. Do you get invited <laughs> on them? Because when you said what's is yours like, ours, ours is um, a little bit hard to describe. Yours <laughs> is very professional. I mean, we've done a podcast series ourselves. Have you? I didn't know that. We can get behind yeah. that. We can link to that, can't we, Buckers? Yeah, do. It's, it's series one. It's called, I don't know, Knickerbox Glory. See, it was that long ago. I've forgotten the name. That's amazing. Knickerbox Glory on Spotify. We're look, we're, we're going to try and do a season two, so we might have to pull you in, Buckers. And do it. Definitely you, Fleur, yes. as, a, as a guest. That would be brilliant. As a, celib- a celibate guest. <laughs> no, as a, as a game-changing pioneer. Yeah. Who is raising a boss daughter? So oh, look at she's glowing. Um, so yeah, we we do have a podcast, and actually, this is very professional. We've never done it with a microphone, and I'm I'm intrigued. Actually, like maybe we Buckus can sort out with all of that stuff. Yeah, she can I'll, sort you out I'll with the, you out. The, the pack and all the all of that stuff. I feel so professional, honestly. When I when you I had like you're born up. to do it. It's so nice to see you. It'll be nice to see you in real life soon, once all this stuff oh, is I know. over. Well, let, let's all catch up when, when lockdown's over. When is this coming out? When can we support? What can we do? <laughs> Should we finish the podcast first? Oh, we'll yeah, sorry. Next. I don't even know what... <laughs> honestly, this doesn't even feel like a podcast. This feels like... That's because we lull you into a full sense of security so that, that we and can clip it and make outrageous it. audiograms about flying penises. Those two words together are just so wrong. It's just they, could... those two words just shouldn't go together in the same sentence. It's a terrifying. It sounds like spectacle. something that would escape out of Pandora's box. It sounds like something from Buck Rogers. <laughs> lost. Okay, good. Be lost. Stay. Stay in the woods. Don't come. Don't. Don't, don't think. Don't think too hard about it. Thank you. It's been a pl- it's always a pleasure, never a chore speaking to you, Farah. And um, you're very modest about your achievements. I mean, this business is really growing and don't be pied by any VCs and maybe we'll um, fix you up in your next round with some female ones from Real Work. Thank you so much for having me. For your kind words. That's the end of this week's episode of the Real Work podcast. If you want more from me before the next episode or you'd like to learn more about real work, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube where I share experience and advice for women who want to work and earn on their own terms. My Instagram handle is at doreal.work and on YouTube it's realwork, all capitals, all one word. Please rate and review this podcast if you know how (laughs) and tell people about it. It all helps. Thank you for being here. See you next time. We finished recording. That was good, right? That went well. Yeah, that was really good. Thanks, Buckers. I couldn't have done it without you, though. We should um, we should put like a little ad or something at the end to promote your work as a podcast producer. What do you think? Really? Yeah. No, that's a bit awkward. It's like... It's like it's it's your stage. It's like me coming up and like taking the microphone and it's, saying, Hi, oh. me. It's a collaboration. It's right that you should get a mention. You know, you used to be on the radio. We should make a little jingle or something. <laughs> um, well, I have actually got something that I was having a little play around with a while back. But mm-hmm. yeah, but don't get excited. It's nothing fancy. You got it. Play it. Like, play it. Let's have a listen. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. 
All right, then, let me find it. Okay, here it is. If you want to make a podcast that your audience will adore, where the thought of making it yourself terrifies you to the core, then you know who to call. Producer Buckers, she knows just what to do. Producer Buckers, to make your podcast dreams come true. She used to work in radio where she was poorly paleo, a dab hand at audio. Find Producer Buckers on Instagram at decibel underscore creative or click the link in the show notes. Come on, everyone. Producer Producer Buckers, if you want to hire the best. Producer Buckers, just put it to the test. Producer Buckers, just press record and she does the rest. Producer Buckers. Yeah, um, okay, good.